0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome or welcome back to another episode of The Gist of It. Today is Thursday, June 8th, and we're your co-hosts. I'm Ellen Hislop. And I'm Steph Ross. And we have so much to talk about today. Today's podcast is probably going to be one of our juiciest yet. The sports world was set ablaze on Tuesday when the PGA Tour made a shocking reversal, announcing that they'd be joining forces with their rival, the Saudi Arabian-backed Liv Golf. The news... (laughs) it's so stunning especially considering all of the tension between the two sides including lawsuits right now the fact that the pga said they never do this and of course the massive sports washing of it all it's really
1: giving succession like <laughs> okay i just started getting into succession
0: you- no i finally so i found that it was so slow to get into it yes. we had to watch 6 episodes and then i think it was finally on the 6th or 7th episode we were like okay bet we are we actually like this now
1: Okay, I'm so glad we can offline this. I was I've been trying to get her to watch it and try convince her to. Power but that's a through long a amount long of episodes. Time. That's a long amount of episodes. So if anyone's on the edge about Succession, take the six episodes and then you'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> but really, there truly is so much to unpack with this Berger, it's just really mind-boggling. And there are so many lingering questions still. Like, we still don't know that much. So we're going to give you what we know. Um, and we're going to give you what the outstanding questions are and kind of think about what's going to come next. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to need you to buckle up, because it's going to be quite a doozy of an episode. Ellen, you did say that this story set the sports world ablaze. And I found that a word a little bit too close to home right now in Toronto because there are so much smoke in the air from the wildfires here in Canada. The push notification I got on my phone from, from the news was like, Canada is on fire. Like, uh, just like blanket, the country is on fire, which is just really disturbing. And the MLB postponed games in New York and Philadelphia on Wednesday night because of the poor air quality. The NWSL postponed a game in New Jersey. WNBA also postponed their New York Liberty game in Brooklyn. So the air quality indoors is also bad in New York. So they can still smell the smoke inside. Uh, So it's not it's not bright. And that's how that is affecting the sports world.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And we're thinking of really everyone who's impacted by all of these wildfires. I think that it's something that We're not used to at all on the East Coast side of things, right? You hear a lot about wildfires in California, in B.C., everything like that. But when it's coming down from Quebec, the province in Canada, where they're all kind of coming down into Toronto and into New York, it really is... Scary. The only thing that I've seen that has people trying to add some levity to it is some of the TikTok influencers have been going outside and have been like, so apparently I'm not supposed to go outside because it means that I've basically smoked six cigarettes today, but I couldn't help it because the lighting is impeccable. Yeah.
1: I was like, oh, oh. I, we don't need to go outside to get the selfie shot, but the lighting is impeccable. I'm the mom in the group chat telling everyone, please stay inside. <laughs> stay inside. Tomorrow. Wear your mask. <laughs> and if you didn't think
0: global warming was true, here's oh. yet another example of why it is. Yeah. I had it. My doctor's like,
1: yeah, allergies are getting worse because of climate change. And I was like,
0: great. Great. Great, 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 great. I do want to talk about something else that is hot I guess you can oh, gosh I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I couldn't <laughs> anyway the one and only arguably the greatest of all time men's soccer player Leo Messi is headed to major league soccer and he is going to play for inter Miami and this is just so huge stuff
1: I thought he was Going to Saudi Arabia or something like that. So he's signing with MLS, like the North American Soccer League?
0: Yes. So he said that everything's not a hundred percent yet. He hasn't exactly signed on the dotted line, but he announced yesterday, so on Wednesday, June 7th, that it was his intention to do so, and that they are taking all of the next steps in order to sign with MLS's Miami team, which is just so cool. And unlike the PGA tour, which we're about to talk about, he is not going to. Play in Saudi Arabia for their league. Cristiano Ronaldo, for example, plays over there. Messi is not fully clean of Saudi Arabia. He does have some brand deals over there with the tourism board and has gotten in trouble, you know, recently on that front. But this is just so huge for North American soccer. I think that people are going to be spending so much money trying to get tickets to see games when Messi. Is visiting. You know what I mean? I immediately was like, when is Toronto (laughs) FC playing Miami? Because I want to get tickets to go to that game if Messi is going to be there and I'm going to pay probably a pretty penny because this is someone who just won the FIFA Men's World Cup. I was going to say
1: girls trip to Miami but I have no friends that like sports so I would love to go with you to that Toronto game oh my gosh Steph
0: (laughs) screw that you and I let's go to Miami baby I'm ready that would be such a fun bachelorette
1: Right? Right? Just a full... for, for me, not my friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just
0: for you. Just a full sports basketball. I mean, there's amazing art in Miami, too. Yes. Right? Yeah.
1: There's a lot of amazing things in Miami. And no, I am not engaged. Just yeah. For...
0: And I would <laughs> say... Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After one, there goes the other. Um, <laughs> I think, too, just just for some context as well with Messi going to the MLS, we're used to some players from Europe coming over, right? We had the David Beckhams. We had the Wayne Rooney's Memories. of the world. But Mems, hashtag Mems but we got them at the very end of their careers when they were kind of shite and as much as Messi is in his mid-30s he is at arguably still the top of his game and is still arguably one of the best players in the world and so the fact that MLS was able to bring him over is amazing we know that there was a lot of strings pulled commercially in order to get him over and it comes as no surprise I honestly think every single team should be paying Messi something because their tickets <laughs> are going to be flying off the shelves because of him and uh, it's just an exciting next new chapter for soccer in North America yes yes and that
1: makes me think of Air, that movie that you told me to watch. Oh my gosh, um, yeah, anywho. Nike's Air. Yeah. So
0: good. Knowing your value. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's those game changers. And speaking of game changers, we talked about Rose Jang on the last episode. I do need to issue a correction. I got a little bit too excited and I shared something <laughs> wrong. I said that she was graduating from Stanford this year. She has two years left, but she's just growing pro this year. So I just got my wires crossed. So sincere apologies for my excitement, everyone, if you saw that on social, oops, or if you listen to that in the <laughs> podcast, my bad. Um, before diving into today, I do want to give a shout out to today's sponsor, Sport Check. Sport Check knows that kids who play sports develop essential life skills like teamwork and leadership, plus they're more likely to have high self-esteem and lower levels of depression. That's why they've made themselves Canada's go-to for all the gear a young athlete could ever need, as well as older athletes too, like Seth and myself. Head over to Sport Check to pick up equipment for the kids in your life or your own inner kid your inner child by shopping in person or at sportcheck.ca and that's sport chek.ca. dot
1: Alrighty, taking a deep breath because it's time to chat about this absolutely stunning PJ and Live news. In case you missed it, the shocking announcement came on Tuesday that the two rival tours, along with Europe's DB World Tour, would be merging to create a new collectively owned for profit entity. <sighs> Before we get into the details of what's next, gonna rewind here and start with some context and the backstory of how exactly we got here. We have to go back almost a year ago today to June 2022. Okay, wait, sorry. I need
0: to to interject for a second just because it literally is almost a year to the day. Our first podcast on Live Golf was June 9th of last year and we are currently putting out an episode for june 8th so almost to the date oh my gosh wow
1: yeah anyway sorry continue no worries so it was june 2022 when live golf officially launched in an effort to compete with the pga tour prior to that golfer phil mickelson found himself in hot water for his truly ridiculous comments about the breakaway league mickelson said that quote We know they killed Khashoggi, referencing the Saudis who fund Live Golf, quote, and have a horrible record on human rights. They execute people over there for being gay. Knowing all of this, why would I even consider it? Because this is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates, end quote. And what he means by a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to
0: reshape how the PGA Tour operates, he means a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to make a shit ton of money. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) really? What ended up happening there? And those comments were truly unbelievable at the time and still are unbelievable. And they have been, I think, what many return to when – people think about live and what individuals are thinking about live with that now might be a good time to get into the specifics of live sports washing which was the overarching kind of chasm between the pga and the live tour we have done many an episode on sports washing on live all of which have been linked in the show notes but the gist of it wink wink nudge nudge (laughs) is that the live golf tour essentially serves to help the saudis sports wash away their atrocious human rights abuses sports washing is when organizations nations or even individual people use sport to rehabilitate their tainted image by holding an event purchasing a team or through their own participation it was also a major topic of discussion surrounding the men's world cup last fall the most recent olympics in china etc etc
1: with that, the Saudis offered golfers truly eye popping figures in an attempt to lure them away from the PGA tour to live. We're talking reported nine figure offers, which some stars did turn down for ethical reasons. Among those who did turn that down was Tiger Woods. That said, several high profile golfers were happy to take the money and run with it, meaning the game's best were split into two tours and it created so much drama. There's so many, um,
0: lyrics that come up with money when you're saying things up you know that song go on, take your money and run you know that song no oh my gosh okay it's probably my tune, <laughs> but it's a good song anyway. <laughs> and when we're talking about nine figures, it is reported that Dustin Johnson, who is Wayne Gretzky's son-in-law and definitely didn't need the money, former world's number one, he basically signed on to Live Golf for $125 million. And so that's the huge figures that we are talking about that – is really hard money to turn down when it's right in front of you for some obviously not for all but for some and i think that's where this back and forth came into play pga commissioner jay monahan who (laughs) Oh my God, he has dug himself a hole and we're going to talk about him in a bit. Um, He did eventually suspend live defectors from playing on the PGA Tour, so they could play in the majors, but not on the PGA Tour. Again, that suspension did not apply to the game's majors, so there's four majors in men's golf because those are operated by independent bodies. Last year, at about this time, the U.S. Open was set to tee off with golfers from both sides competing on the course together, and the PGA loyalists were not holding back on their thoughts on Liv. At the time, Rory McIlroy, who has been one of the PGA's biggest supporters, put
1: it quite simply when he said that the Liv folks took the easy way out. These two sides truly just did not like each other, did not get along. Understandably so, all of which made this news so surprising Back to commissioner of the oh. PGA, Monahan, who's been dubbed golf's largest hypocrite after this shocking pivot because he's been on a massive offensive against Liv over the last year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I think he uh, the players are very mad at him. Like they're they're very. calling for his resignation for some of the things that he said last year versus and how he's completely 180 by doing this. Yeah. It's
0: really, it's really, really not fair what he's done he is in so much trouble stuff the
1: pga tour
0: is really supposed to be operated by and for the players and this announcement about live playing ball with the pga and with the european tour the dp tour came out of nowhere the world's top players did not know about it and the fact that this is a 180 that nobody knew about and that there was active lawsuits so that people didn't even think that this remotely could happen is also just really poor leadership. And at the end of the day, whether or not you believe the PGA Tour should be working with Liv or not, there is also things that a leader can and should be doing to all of the people that they're supposed to be serving, especially in the way that the PGA is set up. So that was... Definitely an issue that players took with over the last week, but I think that there's also a lot of hypocrisy to address in terms of what he was originally saying and doing with Liv and how that impacted a lot of viewers, players, and and families too.
1: Yeah, there's a player saying that they found the news out on Twitter like along Lots. with everyone else in, yep. in the public. And that just feels like such a classic thing that happens in sports all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I wish there was better leadership because cause you're creating more questions by doing that too. You're you're not addressing anything you're making. You know what I mean?
0: Exactly. And it's not like they're merging with somebody who's on the same page. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's okay. Even, Seth, the PWHPA and the PHF and women's hockey, if those two merged It'd be like, hurrah, even if this came out of nowhere because neither of them are corrupt. They might have different ways of doing business, but they ended up coming together. It's the fact that – and companies merge all the time and employees don't know because you can't know. It's who they ended up working with and merging with and them being so vehemently against live for so long that just feels so icky.
1: Yeah, and part of that ick – and we've talked about the sports washing with Saudi Arabia too, but part of that ick is – There's one especially horrendous area of the hypocrisy that should be addressed, and that's regarding 9-11 families. This story requires some additional context. We'll try and give it to you as quick as possible. But 9-11 families have been outraged by Liv due to accusations that the Saudi Arabian government was connected to the 9-11 attacks. Last year in late July, so July 2022, Live was set to play a tournament just 50 miles from Ground Zero, which is the site of the horrific World Trade Center attacks in New York. And the families made some pretty powerful pleas to Live Golfers at the time to not participate. So, on top of all of that, we have this going on.
0: Yeah. And I think that Monahan was really a huge part in that, too, right? Of that like PR play against yeah. Live Golf and encouraging those families to be a part of it and to come out and using them as part of his campaign and basically saying to you know folks like hey would you ever feel like that you had to apologize for being a part of the pga no but you probably feel like you had to apologize by being a part of live golf yes and now he's doing like exactly that by allowing them to come on even In like a minority investor way, you know that Liv is going to have a big sway in this because they are the ones that have deep pockets. I think what's really tough about all this, and we're going to get into this in the second half of the podcast, is that there's a lot of lingering questions, but it really does all come back to the commercial side of things with golf and at the end of the day, the fact that money unfortunately talked the loudest in this situation.
1: Another huge shout out to our pals at SportCheck for supporting today's episode. Ellen, do you remember when we played youth soccer together in grade four? How could I forget? Oh, such cuties. You were so so cute. You were so cute. Oh my gosh. Playing youth soccer was so much fun. Playing adult soccer is so much fun. Mm -hmm. And it just really helped develop teamwork and leadership skills on and off the pitch. Plus, it gave me lasting friendships like ours. Heart, 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 heart. At heart, Sportcheck knows what's important and how sports can be so important for physical, mental, and social health, which is why they're the one-stop shop for all the equipment kids and adults need to get in the game. Check out their massive selection at Sportcheck.ca. That's Sport C H E K.ca.
0: All right, back to the golf worlds. Massive merger <laughs> that we still just can't get over. While the PGA, Live, and DP Tours, again, DP being the European Tour, will stick to their original schedules, their commercial interests will merge ASAP with the Public Investment Fund, aka the PIF, Saudi Arabia's sovereign wealth fund that backs LIV, holding a minority stake in this new organization. So kind of thinking of the org chart, it's a little bit complicated, but TLDR is that they're making a new Group where all three of these uh, tours are going to live underneath it.
1: Mm. However, the PIF plans to inject billions capital into B. the group. Capital B, billions into the group project, making them a minority investor with major say because of this entire deal proves quite literally anything. It's that money rules all. Mm-hmm. Part of that big say includes a right to first refusal for any investments the combined venture wants to make, which really like makes you wonder... Who's going to be in charge here? You know what I mean? How is this going to affect things? Mm -hmm. Bringing things back to succession. (laughs) (laughs) The people with
0: the big deep pockets at the end of the day tend to have a pretty big stake into everything. I think that and hope that maybe there will be some recognition of, okay, there needs to be a little bit of an arm's distance between who is actually running the show versus who is funding the show we've seen that happen beforehand so I I don't know we'll see the merger itself does face barriers too, Steph. right they're trying to do this but it's not guaranteed that's gonna happen I'd say it's all but guaranteed it's gonna happen so we'll see while the agreement will end the legal battles between the PGA and live lol the organization (laughs) like because of governmental jurisdictions is going to be under scrutiny the US Department of Justice already has an ongoing antitrust investigation into the PGA which will continue with with or without what's happening now. Plus the U.S. Federal Trade Commission and on the DP Tour side, the British and European regulators will likely review the deal for similar antitrust concerns. As a viewer and as a fan of golf, what's really pissing me off is that I have no other option to watch men's golf now. You know what I mean? It has to all be somehow connected to live In like North America and in Europe, of course, there's like some other options that we could watch at midnight, but otherwise we can't really see the best players in the world all play. And so this is when the monopoly kind of legislation comes in. But as we saw with Ticketmaster and Taylor Swift, sometimes the American governments and governments in general are fine with monopolies in this kind of situation.
1: Liv initially criticized PJ for wanting a monopoly on golf too. And I know. Yeah. That was
0: that was like the whole point of
1: Liv yeah. is to make yeah. it not a monopoly competition. and competition. Yeah.
0: And like Liv did go out and do what Phil Mickelson thought it would do in terms of changing the face of golf and changing the way that potentially the PGA and the DP World Tour will actually look in terms of like how many holes will they play? Is music going to be playing? Will it be a shotgun start? All of this stuff to make it more fun for the viewer. But I think that could have come along in a different way. You know what I mean? But again, it's not giving a viewer a choice
1: of how to watch their favorite players. Mm-hmm. yeah you alluded to some of the differences between live and pga so the, mm-hmm. the music the the holes the rules around players, players. Getting, yeah getting kicked out or not or whatever mm-hmm. the phrase is in golf is it kicked out or like cut the bottom cut yeah <laughs> cut um so there are some differences too so it's not just who owns it but they played it slightly differently so that's another lingering question is how is that gonna play out now yeah in the future Plus, the merger structure opens up a lot of questions for brands and broadcast partners. So, how we're gonna watch these things? Will it change or undermine current rights deals? Are current PGA or DP sponsors and network partners now automatically a partner of <laughs> Live Golf and every like or the whatever this new thing is? Like, will those brands and partners who made business decisions to avoid sports washing and to avoid partnering or sponsoring golfers who were playing for live golf will they now be you know like forced into fulfilling contracts or deals that were in direct conflict to what their company's values are and were just like there are so many questions even within that arena like will the mergers earned backlash matter to sponsors
0: yeah exactly rbc for example was a sponsor of dustin johnson just using him as an example because he's such a big name that defected over to live and they dropped him in a second and they're probably now like well oh, okay uh. if he's allowed to come back to the pga which we're, we're not 100 sure right like we don't know for sure if he will come back <laughs> to the tour but it's almost one and the same right now they're probably like uh, did we just burn our bridge with one of the best assets for our brand Like that's a really tough pill to swallow for those businesses too. And that's just on the player side, right? There are also so many brands that support the PGA in and of itself as an association. Brands like Rocket Mortgage and RBC, KPMG, Workday, UPS. And and I think really, Seth, at the end of the day, it's like do companies support their athletes even though it means that they're still going to be part of sports watching in one way? Do they abandon golf in general – but they also recognize that someone like us, like, the viewers have no other choice. So their brand is going to be seen on that player who we want to be watching anyway. It's really tough.
1: I feel like they're all just going to go back. It's like, oh, well, what's the point now? You know what I mean? Like, yep. uh, uh, Speaking of who refuse lives advances, athletes like Tiger Woods, who, as we said, turned down offers of hundreds of millions of dollars to join live now kind of have like nothing to show for taking the higher ground there. And when asked of such players who stayed loyal to the PGA should be made whole financially world number three, Roy McElroy responded quote, the simple answer is yes. The complex answer is how does that happen?
0: He really nailed that on the head. I would be feeling so frustrated if I was someone like Roy McElroy or Colin Morikawa or Tony Finau etc cetera, etc cetera, who either didn't take calls with Liv because they didn't want to be a part of it or who had upwards of 100 million dollars placed in front of them and said no for ethical and moral reasons and then one year later it totally changes but they could have been hundred million dollars richer that type of money is ridiculous to me I don't think someone should be making a hundred million dollars in a year like what is going on but in terms of fairness Like, what does that also look like? I think if they are going to be paid in some sort of way, we also need to think about the Live players. So as we talked about right now, Live, the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour are going to continue to operate as they are. So as of right now, those Live players are still suspended from playing on the PGA Tour, but... If those live players are allowed to come back on the PGA Tour, because, you know, a lot of people are thinking that it will still be called the PGA Tour, will they have to pay a fine? What are the penalties going to be if they decide to come back? What do they face in order for them to return? And is that a part of the conversation that Rory is bringing up here of of like, okay, this better be a big fine if they left and then want to come back?
1: Yeah, so the two just as a reminder, will remain separate for the rest of 2023 and will move on as scheduled. But it's like the after that, like what will come, yeah. come from that. Yeah, the commissioner of the PGA, when asked, will live, continue to exist as a separate golf league after 2023? The answer was, quote, I don't want to make any statements or make any predictions. So I just feel like <laughs> I think it's obvious that they'll come back. You know what I mean? Like if they're making this merger... They're not going to stay separate. Do you think they're going to stay separate? No, I think that they're going to
0: come back together. I think one of the biggest things, I mean, I know jack shit, but I'm going to start something in the rumor mill here. There's been a couple of majors so far this year, right? And Brooks Kupka, Phil Mickelson, a number of other live golfers have played really well in them. Brooks just won the most recent major. And at the Masters, there was two live golfers within the top three. And so when you say that the PGA Tour is the best in the world and then the majors come and the PGA golfers aren't necessarily at the top, that gives a lot of pause to a viewer, that gives a lot of pause to the PGA and it takes away a little bit of the legitimacy of your tour and gives more legitimacy to live. And so I think that at the end of the day... Liv was recognizing, but even more importantly, the PGA Tour was recognizing that Live won all of the best players over with money. And if they do want all the best players in one place, they got to figure that out ASAP.
1: Yeah, the commissioner of the uh, PGA said, like, okay, well, this is a way to not be in competition with them anymore, basically. Right? Like Something along those lines. Exactly. Like, I think them
0: playing so well and doing so well in majors was just a major eye-opening moment for the PGA and for all of us fans at home, too. I was like, oh, my God. As if Brooks is winning again, like, this is a pain in the ass. I also, because we're the gist, we need to talk about how this is going to impact – the women's tour. The PIF already bankrolls several ladies European tour events and this like could grease Liv's path to striking a deal with the LPGA? The LPGA commissioner has already said that she'd be willing to take a meeting with Liv. She said that last summer. And so if the PGA can't resist the PIF, what makes us believe that the LPGA could considering their financial position in comparison?
1: All to say there are definitely way more questions than there are answers right now so much of this is going to change um we're going to find out so much over the next year this bombshell news sadly proved that you know money talks sports washing wins in the end if you've got enough got enough moolah perhaps the biggest question now is what's this version of sports washing in the golf world going to look like like what is this going to look like that's like the big question here anyway I also, sorry, not to get too
0: doom and gloom because I know the outside is already looking like that for yourself, <sighs> but this is just golf that we're talking about right now, right? Yeah. This is also an example that the Saudi Arabian government can look at and say, wow, this was such a success. Can we do it next in tennis? And tennis is a sport that is ripe for that opportunity too, with the ATP and the WTA and individual athletes and pulling them over into their own separate organization and seeing what that does to them. What will they be doing? With soccer, we already know that they have their own league, but do they do something even bigger where it's not just the Ronaldos of the world, but it's the Mbappes of the world going over there? You know, like this to me is, yes, a windfall in terms of the golf world, but what does this signal for all of the other sports washing opportunities for a country like Saudi Arabia?
1: I'm hopeful that maybe the whole golf needs little shake up, like thinking about the future of golf has some sort of play in this merger, in this decision, because all of this talk is like, quote unquote, what's best for the future of golf. So I am maybe hopeful that like soccer slash football will be immune to this. I don't know. Yes. To that end, to your point,
0: the PGA definitely within terms of you you get paid when you play. You get paid when you make the cut in comparison to live was the total other way. If you show up, you're getting paid. We actually don't have cuts, yada, yada, yada. Super tough for someone to even earn a PGA card. So that just meaning earning your right to make it onto the PGA Tour. And so it's a really tough time for an athlete. And that's why tennis is hard, right? Like making... Mm -hmm. That bracket period is really difficult. And you only get paid really well the deeper you go into those tournaments. And as much as there's mostly equal pay in tennis, it's not perfect. There's a lot of opportunity for them to shake up both men's tennis and
1: and women's tennis. You really just pose this existential question. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But (laughs) you know what I mean? No, but you're right. You're really onto something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There is that zooming out of like, oh shit, this happened. Yes, what's next in golf, but what's next in sports in general?
1: mm And with that, (laughs) (laughs) with that (laughs) sunshiny discussion, Uh, turn on your air purifiers, and that marks the end of today's episode. We do thank you for listening. Uh, We thank you for being a part of this journey with us as this all unfolds. (laughs) Truly. This episode was edited by Roche Abdullah, executive produced by Lauren Tuscola, D Lab, and Pardeep Katry, and co-produced by Steph and myself. Again, I'm Ellen Hislop, and I'm Steph Rods, and this has been the gist of it. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a fantastic weekend, and we'll chat with you again on Tuesday.